the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KPRZ, San Marcos Poway, and K29CR, Encinitas. FM 106.1, North County, AM 1210, San Diego, KPRAZE. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, a new live local show on KPRAZE, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends, and yes, indeed, welcome to Come Together San Diego, but even more greatly, welcome to the Align with Zion Hour. Well, hello, my friends, and yes, indeed, welcome to Come Together San Diego, but even more greatly, welcome to the Align with Zion Hour, which we do the last Saturday of every month with Honorina Hyman Kreisman, because she just got <laughs> married recently. Honorina, good to have you. Thank you, guys. <laughs> yes, we're definitely going to, all the time, all of us, we are um, just seeing how our relationship with, with Hashem, with God deepens, and, and we get a better understanding of that also yes. when you're in, 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 in such a beautiful relationship. These thoughts and these insights that you're giving from a biblical standpoint are clear directives on where to go and where not to go in these days. So I'm going to kind of hand the baton off to you because we're talking about a time frame, uh, you know, heading up to the month of Av, from Tammuz to Av. So yes, we are... Between the three weeks, the 21 days um, of between the straits, it's, it's the most three difficult, most difficult weeks in the Hebrew calendar. It starts with the 17th of Tammuz, where the walls were breached. That means that your security system is crumbling. And if you trace to where it started, because the Hebrew calendar, like we said, is like a spiral. The same date, every time something happens on the same date, um, so if we trace the 17th of Tammuz to the times of the Israelites in the wilderness, we saw that that's where idolatry was introduced into the, into the Israelite ranks. Honorina, yes. An- before you uh, go too much further, would you acclimate our uh, Gentile listeners when you talk about you know, months of Tammuz and Av and things like that? Where is this mm-hmm. in our current calendar in, from, from uh, a Gregorian calendar? Uh, Right now, we're speaking about this because now is that time, but would you give just a little bit of insight for our our non-Hebrew, non-Orthodox listeners? (laughs) Not a problem, Kat. So it usually falls on July and August, and I say usually because it shifts all the time. Again, as we've discussed already, the Gregorian uh, or Christian calendar follows the the sun, the 365 days, 
the Muslim calendar follows the the moon, so the cycles of the moon. That's why you will see that their festival of Ramadan, the big festival, always shifts right through the year. It's sometimes in the summer, sometimes in the winter, because as the month shifts, um, sure. uh, you can see that. that, that do. But sure. the, the Jewish calendar has to incorporate both. Yes. We have to understand also that the monthly cycles, and we have to do the um, sun cycle. And God works on both of them, um, and so the Jewish calendar incorporates both. So um, usually we will see that the, uh, I think that Tammuz will be in July, June, July, June, yes. July, sometimes into August, depending on how it shifts in, in the year itself. Sure. So but there you go, my listening friend. Very, I hope that very, helped you. <laughs> it's always in the very, very, um, in the heat of the summer when this happens. And, and that's also not by, not by accident. Okay, that's so exactly right not by accident. So we have these three weeks. And on the other side of the 17th of Tammuz, we have, on the other side of the three weeks, we have 9th of Av. That's when both temples burned down on the same date. And that can also be traced to, to what happened in the wilderness with the Israelites. And that was the slandering of the land, the sin of the spies. And they came back and they said, we can't take the land. And they, uh, we can see with the annexation deal right now, where people want to divide the land again, careful. That's yes. all I can say is careful. Let's not repeat um, what's happening there. Okay, so we we, we be between the straits right now, and you can literally feel it, Kaz, because the economy is pressing you. And on the other side, they need to check um, on the health ministry side. Uh, uh, maybe they will just uh, close off um, what we call, like, um, put people again in... Um, in a Sega, sure. um, where, where, where people will be, have to be in their houses again. Sure. So when you can't work, you can't, you can't get a salary. And because of all those things, it presses you from, from both sides. So you can literally see how the straits are playing itself out like a cattle dip, getting tighter and tighter until you have to dip into something. Oh and my. that a cattle dip in itself is for prevention. So God is going to keep pushing you into a direction so that you can make that correction that needs to uh, take place. So that's the correction process that we see right now. And all of this is to rectify the divine order, to bring it in place for the times of Mashiach. Um, but then we also have, together with, the, uh, with that, with the correction process, we have the sanctification process, which, which sort of mirrors or doubles up with this, because... Uh, we've discussed this already, sanctification or holy, uh, kadosh, means to be set apart. So every time you have a little portion that's being set apart, we have the world, we have Israel, we have Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, we have the temple, we have the court, the holy and the holy of holies. In the holy of holies, you have the ark also consisting of um, three uh, parts. So you can see it's like a telescope. And if you look at a telescope and you look at the cattle dip, you will see that it gets narrow. Because actually, this whole correction process is sanctifying you to get to the point where God can actually work with us. <laughs> so so it, it's got both of those dynamics. So um, more than that, we also, I just want to say that this 21-day period, uh, we see that also in the prophet Daniel. We know that 21 days are very important. We spoke about already about this also, that the city of David, the ancient biblical Jerusalem, was rediscovered in the 21-day period, exactly from Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah Rabbah, the end of Sukkot, that, that, that bracket of 
um, of the festivals in the summer festivals. So the 21 days, very, very important. And we have a window period where we can not only follow this correction, but we know that this correction is actually a sanctification process for us as well. And we just have to ask God exactly what he wants us to do. How can we make this correction? What does he expect from us? And that I want to dip into into the next session, um, section, um, Kat, when we're going to start discussing the temple yes. and why the temple is so important in this whole correction process. Yes. And one of the things that I, I, I love to look at patterns and types and shadows and things like that, that's really my heart cry because uh-huh. I think buried within those things are some remarkable truths. And when we look at what's going on in today's world, you know, the, the, the COVID uh, virus and all these different uh, rebellions, I would say there's a real spirit of rebellion going on in the world. I could just speak from uh, the United States perspective, but I know in Israel, because I pay a close attention there too, but there's a rebellious factor going on there. And these things are part of the, uh, what, what do we know, the straits, S-T-R-A-I-T-S, that, that uh, yeah. God believers are going to be experiencing. And then we have different choices that we have to deal with. Uh, it, we can either go along with the negative flow or we can make God's stand in the midst of it. And that's where we are right now. And I, I, when, I, when I realized the truths in the Hebrew calendar and the months uh-huh. and things like that, it, it, in one way it boggles my mind how he, God orchestrates these things. So it's not a surprise within the month we are living has some lessons to be learned and some, some stances to be made. So uh, we're in True. the thick Can of I... times right now. Go ahead. We, we've got about a minute left. Absolutely true. Um, the thing is just this, this, this system of God's governance has been running for since the creation. <laughs> we are just having a, a better awareness of what's happening right now. And, and quite frankly, what's happening is we're going through a tremendous reboot. The reboot is happening because we are about to go into the times of Mashiach to, to literally for the first time live the way that God has planned this earth to function. And that's why we had to learn um, 6,000 years of just learning. And now that we have um, learned our lesson, there's a massive reboot, because in this reboot, he's dismantling everything again um, to remove the things that he doesn't want, and then he's going to start putting the pieces together again. Yes. So, so my listening friend, Honorina and I, she, she, the word that she used frequently is something that we're going to use to launch the next segment, and that is reboot. What does reboot uh, sound like? What does it look like? What does it mean to you? And uh, Anarina will give you some uh, insights from a Hebrew perspective when Anarina Hyman Kreisman and Kaz come right back. Now, more of Come Together San Diego on K Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And we're back again, Come Together San Diego and the Align with Zion Hour with Anarina Hyman Kreisman. And we we start we we ended the last segment talking about how God wants to reboot us, and uh, this month is an, not only an illustration for rebooting, but it's also uh, the ingredients there for us to literally reboot. Talk a little bit about that, Anarina, as we go into this next segment. Okay, okay. so um, we have to understand where we are right now in 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 in, in time and how close we are to the times of Mashiach. And two things happened here. And as we mentioned before, these are 
really crucial key to to understanding what's happening right now. The the kingdom, the kingdom of Israel split into two houses. We have the house of Israel and the house of uh, Judah. And in a time period of 2,000 years, even more, actually from uh, 2,800 years ago for the 10 tribes and round about 2,000 years for the Jewish people, they had to be put into time pods. And these elements had to be um, transferred through time until we get to where we are today. So they had to be packaged into formalized or whatever package we will see. We can maybe, I don't know how much we will be able to cover it today, <laughs> but also, and sometimes it had to be wrapped up also with what they were busy with. So a lot of idolatry went into yes. the package of the 10 tribes and, and, and Judah also has their stuff that they had to sort out. But those uh, packages had to bring them to a point where we need to take them out of the package right now so that these two units can be reunited again. Um, and this is where the call up comes for the 10 tribes. And, and we mentioned this before, if you go to Ezekiel 43, 10 to 11, it says the son of man describe the temple to the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their sin. Let them consider its perfection. And if they are ashamed of all what they have done, make known to them the design of the temple. And we're going to speak about that. Yes. It's arrangement, it's exits, it's entrances. It's whole design and all its regulations and laws. Write it down before them so that they may be faithful to its design. Be faithful to its design and follow all the regulations. So, Kaz, I think uh, a verse that most people know is Psalm 100 verse 4 that says, Come into his courts with thanksgiving. Um, you know, with, uh, within his gates yes. and his courts. And every time there's yes. a different thing that you have to do, um, there's a protocol in how you enter every um, different part of the courtyard sure. and the temple. So there's a protocol. And what's happening here is the prophet says to the house of Israel, to the ten tribes, you have to start looking at the temple so that you can start putting this whole thing, this whole protocol back into your system. You've been practicing it, it a little bit, um, on, 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 on a, on a uh, general scale, but these things are super specific and you have to start all over again to learn this. Why yes. is this so important? Because we are heading for the date when both temples burned down. My. So now we have to learn what we are missing. Right. So I want to go on and, and, and say to our friends as well, we've, and we've said this before, um, the Jewish people have been studying this for more than 2,000 years, for since the Babylonian exile, not even the Roman exile. It is the 10 tribes that need to study this again, and we have to move um, um, beyond the, uh, the, the thought uh, that, was said, that was told that the temple was replaced. The temple is going to be rebuilt, and we need to face that. Why do we know this? Because we know that in Isaiah 56, it says it's going to be a house of prayer for all, all nations. nations. Yes. It's not just for the Jews. It's not for the same tribes only. It's also going to be for all the nations. So it has to be both. We also read in Zechariah uh, and Zechariah that in Chukot, they're going to have to come up. So this, 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 this physical temple has to be rebuilt. So we have to move beyond what we've been conventionally taught. Now, let's look at that because, you know, the first thing that I hear from, from, from our friends, uh, they say, God does not desire offerings. You can go to Psalm 51 and says, I don't want offerings. Then I say to them, but read the whole Psalm. Let's see what it really says. 
Yes, God says that he does not delight in sacrifice. Um, you have no pleasure in a burnt offering. Wonderful. That's verse 18. But then there are verse 19, 20, and 21. In 19, it says, what, what does God really desire? A broken spirit. Mm-hmm. That's your intention. The first thing that you need to fix is your intention. Otherwise, you can come with any kind of prayer, um, and, and your lips can give him lip service. But if it's not with the right intention, and, and the word that we use in Hebrew is kavanah, if you don't come with the right kavanah with intention, God obviously sees right through you. And this is not just for Jews or Christians or anybody. He sees through everybody. So he wants to see your intention, and this is what David is speaking about here. A broken and a contrite heart you will not despise. And then, look at verse 20, Cass. It says, do good in thy favor unto Zion, and build the walls of Jerusalem. It means that this whole thing, we've been in the 17th of Tammuz, the walls were broken, it has to be rebuilt. The first thing that Ezra and Nehemiah did, Nehemiah did when they came back, they didn't rebuild the temple, they rebuilt the walls so that they have a safe environment in which they can then go and build the temple. So that's very important. And then, in verse 21, the word says, Then, as, then, will you delight in sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offering and whole offering, and then will they offer bulls upon your altar. So yes, 100% of the offerings are coming back, but at this time, God is going to, Fix us first to make sure that our intentions are correct when it comes to these things. So um, the, the next thing is that um, uh, we also in Judaism, it says, but now we have our lips, our prayers. It says in Isaiah 14, verse 3, and I'm going to read it. It says, take, take with you words and return unto the Lord. Say unto him, forgive all the iniquity and accept that which is good. So we will render off, uh, for bulls the offering of our lips. So this is what we call exile dynamics. Galut is the Hebrew word for exile. This is the exile dynamic. It means that we cannot bring the offerings right now, but God gives us a replacement. Speak about replacement theology. This is what you can really <laughs> take as a biblical replacement. This is a replacement that you can work with because God gave it to you. He says, for now, until you can bring the offerings again and you can appreciate what I really want, you can start with your prayers. Let's put your intentions and then you will bring the offerings back. And this is what you can see over here. But something very interesting also, Cass, is that the whole book of Hosea was not written for the Jewish people. It was written for the ten tribes. Mm-hmm. So again, if you want to do this, it is for you, but understand that we, the ultimate goal is to bring that back again. So we have this whole package of transit through the exile where we have right now um, the, 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 the ability and the possibility and the opportunity to actually pray with our lips and that um, grants us the, the offerings or that, that sort of gives us uh, the possibility to do that. Now, if you look at the Jewish prayers, our prayers are structured like the temple. You don't just walk in and, and, and pray. When we come as a unit, the Jewish people, we have to pray according to the, proto- the protocol of the temple. Yes, you can go afterwards and you can have a free conversation with God because you have direct access to him. But the Jewish people have to take it further because the whole Jewish people as a unit needs to stand before God. And even today we practice that knowing that we will ultimately get back 
to the temple dynamics. And the, the map is in our prayers. So the map is in our heads. We know exactly how this whole protocol is going to be the moment when the temple is erected again. So it is, it is amazing. So we saw before that in Psalm 51, he says, then you will offer bulls. And again here we can see that right now our prayers substitute the bulls, but those offerings will come back again. Right. So let's move on to, to Jerusalem as well. There's this faulty idea that we don't need the earthly Jerusalem again. There's a new Jerusalem. Who needs the earthly Jerusalem? See that it speaks of Jerusalem being a sitting next together. Yes. It's a very deep spiritual thought because it means that there is a heavenly Jerusalem and there's an earthly Jerusalem. And what we're going to discuss in the next section is how are we going to connect these two again? Because ultimately, the both of them will be connected. It will look like the heavenly um, Jerusalem is going to come down. But it's actually just going to extend down and it's going to be reconnected to the earth of Jerusalem. Wow. And then what is in heaven is going to happen on earth. So we're going to discuss that. We'll deal with that in the next segment. Well, thank you, Anarina. And you're giving me Mm -hmm. more things to study into. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. My listening friend, you know, we're talking about uh, the building of the walls for protection, but also the temple, the heavenly and earthly uh, Jerusalems and the temples and things like that. There's tremendous truths to be gleaned. And I want you to have different spectacles on as you hear the Orthodox Hebrew perspective on this is because it's going to give you some nuances that you hadn't even considered. And Anarina and I are game for that when we come right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego. On now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Welcome back to the Align with Zion Hour, the last Saturday of every month on Come Together San Diego. And I have with me uh, Anarina Hyman-Kreisman. And uh, we're talking about some wonderful things dealing with heavy truths that are going on in the calendar, uh, the day's calendar, the Hebrew calendar. And uh, we started, we ended the last segment talking about the earthly and heavenly Jerusalem, the earthly and heavenly temples, their similarities, and our preconceived notions may separate them more than they should be separated. I'm going to hand it back to Honorina to tighten this down a little bit for my Gentile listening friends <laughs> on arena. Okay, so we already really delved into the concept of the heavenly and the earthly Jerusalem in our previous conversations. And the listeners can go back to those podcasts where we say that God has actually not even entered the heavenly Jerusalem because he's waiting for the earthly Jerusalem to to shake off her dust so that, that these two units can be reconnected again. So all of that was covered already, Kaz, and I want to go a little bit deeper because in the sanctification process, we also said you have Jerusalem, but in Jerusalem you have the temple. So we have moved from the world to Israel to Jerusalem. We've discussed Jerusalem as a city knit together, and now we're going to look at the temple because the temple is 
the connection point. And if you go to Psalms 46, uh, verse 5, it says, There's a river, the streams whereof may, may glad the city of God. And then it says in the translation, the holiest dwelling place of the Most High God, or of the Most High. But if you actually go to the direct Hebrew translation, it speaks of Mishkanei Aoyon, the higher sanctuaries. It means the, holer, the, the holy higher sanctuaries. And this tells us that there are actually two temples up there, Kat, and they are also above each other. There's a higher, even holier sanctuary that is even closer to God because the more we come through the heavens and through the world, it's, it, it becomes easier for us to, to exist because we cannot exist in the face of God. He sort of um, put certain worlds in place. We, you guys, we, we all speak about the, the heavens, the seven heavens, and there is truth about that because it brings you to a point where we can actually exist. So within the heavens itself, there are higher sanctuaries, and it's those higher sanctuaries as it is in heaven, according to their plan, that the earthly sanctuary has to be rebuilt. Again, sharing with our listeners that as it is in heaven, so it will be on earth. It's a very, very deeply Jewish thought um, and, and something that we need to, to, to reconnect and, and reestablish here. Okay, so now we say that the spiritual flow um, um, through the meticulous spiritual structure of the physical earthly temple provides God's graceful and merciful provision to his creation. So the way that God provides into this world, we're speaking about God's governance, the way that he provides for our world, comes through the system that he gave you, okay? If you read the Bible and you look at the structure, you can see the protocol by which it comes from the higher heavens into our world, and he provides to every living creature according to their need. Yes. But it structures through, through the temple itself. So what do we realize here? We, we, we get an idea of what we're really missing. Because, Kat, from where the first temple, remember them, after the first temple, in the second temple, the Ark of the Covenant never stood in the Holy of Holies, okay? So we saw in um, Ezekiel 8 the reasons why uh, God said idolatry is, is, is now driving me out of my own house. And we see in Ezekiel 9 and 10 how God actually left his presence, left this world. It means, and you can see in our world today, just go on the streets. Just go and see what's happening in your neighborhood. And you will understand that we are living by a trickle of this uh, providence of God in our lives. And, and there's a tremendous disconnect between what is in heaven and what is in earth. And that's why we have to pray that he will reestablish for us as it is in heaven, so also on earth. It is a very, very important um, awareness that we need to take. So what happens here? The moment when we realize what we're actually missing through the rebuilding of the actual temple it will start initiating your mourning because now you know what you're mourning. So now you don't know what you're mourning. You don't even know why. You don't know even what you're missing. Um, I have a very special uh, personal experience where for three months, a few years ago, it just spontaneously happened that I would start crying 
for God's house. I would be on the street and you can, you can feel, oh, oh my goodness, here it comes. And I would just start crying because I just realized what we are missing. And it was such a deep morning cat. And every one of us needs to get to that point. Because the, the moment when you can mourn, then you have the desire to take action. We realize what we're missing, what can we do? And that's where we come to the place where we can take real action and reverse the process that you see in Ezekiel um, 8 and in Ezekiel 9 and 10 when God's presence left this world and left us with a trickle. Yes. And this is where people come and they say to us, um, how can I rebuild the temple? Now, if you go to Isaiah 58 verse 12, you will see that God says we built the ancient ruins. The... the, the, the um, the earthly ground where the ruins are, the, uh, where heaven touches earth, that place is in ruins. And God says you will rebuild the ruins. You will be the one that the repairer of the breach. There's a breach here between heaven and earth, and you're going to be the repairer of that when you start thinking of the temple. And then the sages say, and this is very, very important, they say, if you study the temple, it's as if you are building the temple. Because most people come and say, we can't build the temple. We want to help you guys. This is what we want. We realize what's going on. And then we say, start with the spiritual stuff. That's start good. studying the temple. Yes. And then in that, you are actually building the temple and you are taking what is on earth and you're shaking the heavens so that we can have this reconnect between everything. And it, so, seems uh, like, it seems like we're talking about the heavenly things and the earthly things. And in one other application to that, and I'm sure you jump in on this as well, but before the, even the earthly temple can be rebuilt, we who believe in the creator of the universe, there's part of this mm-hmm. in a spiritual sense that we need to reconcile ourselves before the natural temple can be built. Our spiritual temple needs to be built as well because God's not interested in just doing the one thing. He's interested in, in building the temple on many Levels. Do you understand what I'm saying on that? Yeah. So, so we have to spiritually align ourselves so exactly. that the physical temple can be rebuilt. Yes. And, but what if we say is important to that? Because we have to get our intentions correct. Ooh, Firstly, yeah. we have to understand that what caused the temple to be broken. Remember, by the time that the, the temple was destroyed, it was just a shell. It was an empty shell because God wasn't there. Yes. So... So, so God already left. What we want is God's presence back into our lives. And again, we have a direct connection with God, um, but, but the world needs to have to see this repair. So get out your intentions correct. Firstly, realize what we have done. Realize that there is idolatry in your midst. Realize that we are the ones that, that caused this. Mourn it. And then let's start rebuilding, because we can do that right now, already. I like that. That is so good. My listening friend, he, when, when Ana Rita speaks, she doesn't speak, uh, uh, you know, in nor- normal conversation. She goes, she's a couple layers above. So you have to understand when, when Ana Rita is speaking like this, uh, understand 
it, it, her words have natural meaning, but they also have supernatural meaning. When you can understand that, it's easier to comprehend some of the, the deep truths that she is sharing with us. But the bottom line is God is interested in the construction or the reconstruction of the temple, but he's interested as well in the reconstruction of us in our pursuit of him. As those two That's things it. merge together, then you're going to have the temple. You're going to have the temple. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we've yeah, got one yeah, more minute in this wanna, segment. I, How would you like to end this, Honorina? I just want to come alongside you on this, Kat, and and say that we have to realize that we need to do our part in yes. the morning. You cannot get to the joy if you do not go through the morning. It doesn't work like that. So you have to own up your part in all of this. And even we can own up for what the previous generations did, and we can repair it, just like Ezra and Nehemiah and Nehemiah did it. And don't postpone it. The moment that you understand what the morning is for, don't postpone it. Don't ignore it. Don't fear it. Just do it. Because there is healing for you, and there is uh, healing for the whole house of Israel, and there is healing for the world through your tears. So we're going to have to get going with this so Mm. that we can get through to the other side. Yes, yes, yes. My listening friend, Anarina, has opened the door here, and we're going to talk more about this in this summary segment, the last segment of this Align with Zion Hour. And I want to bring this to you, and you can be thinking about it during the break, the the phraseology of repairing the breaches. You know, there's some repairing of breaches that need to happen for the literal temple to be built. But look inside. What breaches need to be repaired with you? We're going to talk about those things as we summarize up next when Honorina and I come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor, FM 106.1 and AM 1210, K-Praise. Yes, indeed, my friends, the last segment of the first hour of Come Together San Diego, this is the Align with Zion Hour, the concluding portion of this first hour. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more and actually summarize the things that Honorina has been talking with us about. But let me put it this way, my listening friend. It's no time to put uh, our determination to go all the way with the Lord uh, on a future path. It has to happen now in many ways. God is building his desiring to build his temple, but he's also, look inside, he's desiring to build his temple. Look in the mirror. (laughs) Honorina, I'm going to hand Mm -hmm. it to you to do some summary statements here because we're coming up against it in many ways. Kat, I just want to amen on that and say that we are in a very urgent time. It is pressing right now. You cannot think that you're going to do this maybe tomorrow. We are, and as we saw already, like we already discussed this, in Judaism, um, and also um, with the listeners as well, in Christianity, we know that you can always go to God. The, the gates of repentance, that, those gates are always open. Yes. There are other gates that close in times because there's a protocol. Sometimes it's closed, sometimes it's open. But the gates of repentance are always open. And you're going to have to go for it right now because other gates are not necessarily open. So, so we need to get our story straight with Hashem, with God, so that we can move forward. And um, so let's look at that because yes. we are in the this, in this straits. 
And this year we can really see it, meaning that God is showing us that I hope that you've learned the lesson. I hope that you understand the, the principles here because I'm moving and I want you to move with me. Yes. So, so just to come back to the thought that we said that there is a, a heavenly sanctuary, there's actually two, and they correspond with the earthly sanctuary that has to be um, rebuilt because we have to repair that breach, yes. that disconnect that has been in our world. And that will usher in a tremendous time of God's presence back into our world. So that needs to happen. And, when we, and then we go back to Psalm 137 that says, if I forget you, Jerusalem, may I forget my right hand? This is very interesting, Cass, because it says, if you don't have Jerusalem on the forefront of your mind, your right hand, that, that means that your power, that, that which brings your, uh, the, the provision in your life, your work, your job, can be taken away from you my, if yes. you do not remember Jerusalem. And there are many people that are coming out and say, I've been cut out from work. Um, they let me go. I've been fired. What am I supposed to do? And I said to them, guys, Jerusalem, there's a deeper understanding. Put your, your focus again on Jerusalem because you pray this every day, but you don't understand how important this is. It's right in the Bible, and it's never been done away with. If I forget you, Jerusalem, may I forget my right hand. So, yes, this is what we need to understand of Jerusalem and the temple and we, I, in a quick overview of what we've already discussed previously on your show, on the showcast, we, we discussed the ninth and tenth of uh, where the t- temples burned down. Um, this show is recorded and in the podcast on my website, so they can, can just uh, refer back to that. Um, it's very important to also understand that you are on a tremendous danger zone on the ninth and the tenth of up. Don't try to stir up strife in this time. In the whole for three weeks, don't try to stir up strife. Just go humbly. Walk humbly with God and stay out of people's way because it's a very, very <laughs> difficult time in the world. So, and then this kind of thing starts to lift on the 15th of Av. Um, there's a release. There's a reversal. It's also the time when the barriers were lifted between the 10 tribes and Judah. So, so maybe this year we can start moving into um, to be of, that is the 15th of us, where we can really see that these two worlds can come together again. And then on the 21st of August, we are entering the month of Elo. Yes. That is the month before Judgment Day. And that's where we really need to work hard on seeing, have I put everything in place? What can I do? How can I change myself to walk better with God? That is the month happening. Yes. So I want to take this, Kev, and, and I just want the... Um, the listeners to go to the prophet Haggai. Haggai, we haven't done the ch in a long time, the chumus and the Haggai. There we go. So I need to bring that back. So I just want to read this because this time around is going to make so much more sense, sense to them. Now, Haggai, Haggai the prophet starts his prophecy on the first of Elul, on the, on the, on the first of the month of Elul. And it says here, in the second year of King Dariavesh, Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, that's Elul, this word of God came to Haggai. And he says in verse 2, this is what the Lord of hosts says, these people say, the time is not yet come for the rebuilding of the house of the Lord. And the word of the Lord to the prophet Haggai goes on and it says, 
is it time for you to dwell in your paneled houses while this house is lying in ruins? Mm-hmm. Now that is the Lord. Consider how you have been fearing. You have sowed much but bought in little. You eat without being satisfied. You drink without getting your full. Your clothes, you clothe yourself, but no one gets warm. And then it says, and he who owns something, he puts it in a leaky purse. So then God says, consider how you have fared. And because you see that you've got nothing in your hands and the economy is falling through the floor, he says in verse 8, go up to the hills, get the timber, and rebuild the house. Then I will look to you with favor, and I will be glorified, says the Lord. You have been expecting much and getting little, and when you brought it home, I would just blow it away. Mm. Because of what, says the Lord? Because of my house, which lies in in ruins. And, and, and this is a safety mechanism. I, I really wish for the listeners to, 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 to take this with them. This is your safety mechanism because the economy is falling. It's not that it's going to fall. It is falling. And for you to stay up when everything falls down, what is your safety mechanism? Your consciousness of God's house. Because everybody has been focused on their paneled houses, on what they need to do. It's not time to rebuild God's house. In fact, we didn't even know that we have to rebuild God's house. And he says, get your mind, wrap your mind around this. And while you hurry to, um, to your own houses, and then he says, verse 10, and this is where we speak about the trickle. Remember that I said, because of the disconnect between the heavenly sanctuary and the earthly sanctuary, there is a trickle. And here you can see it in verse 10. It says, That is why the skies above you have withheld its moisture and the earth has withheld its yield. The the sign of blessing, Kaz, is rain. The sign of blessing in your life is rain. Um, Gashmut Geshem means, um, it's it's from the same root of Gashmut, which is the materialization of God's providence in your life. If you don't see that, you don't have the blessing, and the blessing doesn't come because you are not focused on the things that are the most important to God, and that is his house. Why is his house so important, Cass? Because he wants his presence to come back into this earth to be with his creation in fullness. Yes. He longs for that. Yes. We long for that. Let me, so let why me, don't we get going? <laughs> yeah, let me extrapolate this to my listening friends here. The, the point of the matter is, let me extrapolate this uh, from what she's talking about in the book of Haggai. Or Haggai it, it, the, the whole idea is people were retiring to their own houses and interested in their own houses and their own well-being. But when they change the focus to building God's house, as a result of that, God will bless everything that you do and cause your house to be rebuilt as well. But our our mentality is me, mm-hmm. my, mine. And when we, as soon as we realize that we need to be a blessing to God and do his bidding, his way, all of a sudden all these uh, obstacles that have caused us not to be able to build our house are taken away. So not only is his house built, (laughs) but in the midst of that, our house is built as well. And that's where we are right now is a matter of focus. Our focus needs to be on him. On Arena, we've got about a minute or so, and I'm going to let you close this, and then I'll have to go to the next hour of the show. 
Yes, I just want to say this. We can spiritualize things as much as we want, but there is one house that has to stand in one place, and that is the house of God in Jerusalem. You cannot put it in anything else, but we can start working on our spiritual approach and our intentions and our understanding of the spiritual dynamics of that. But your focus has to be that this house has to be rebuilt. And then it goes on and it says here in verse 12 um, that Zerubbabel and everybody was summoned, and the people gave heed to the summons of God. And then God answers Haggai the prophet and he says, Now that you've done this, now that I can see your intentions, you can know this. I am with you. Hmm. So, so let's focus on that. Let's take this really truly to heart. Because this is your safety mechanism for the times coming. Yes, yes. Honorina Hyman. Kreisman, thank you very much for being as you are. You, you, you're a remarkable lady and uh, kind of parsing out scripture so that we can see it with new eyes. So my listening friend, mm-hmm. this is uh, concludes another uh, portion of the Align with Zion Hour, but it leads to the introduction of our second hour on Come Together San Diego. And uh, Honorina, thank you again. And my listening friend, thank you, don't, it's a pleasure as always. And don't go away because I will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. KPRZ San Marcos Poway and K29CR Encinitas. FM 106.1 North County. AM 1210 San Diego. K-Praise. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Cash Taylor on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Well, my friends, I hope you enjoyed the first hour of Come Together San Diego with Honorina Hyman Kreisman and the Align with Zion Hour. She really digs deeply into the scripture. She calls it the Tanakh, and she digs deeply from an Orthodox Jewish perspective. So I really, we've been together for a couple of years doing this show but I wanted to continue the thought because this is a, a very important time frame in God's provision. This is a month called the month of Av. A lot of things happened, and some of them should have happened, and some of them should not have happened. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I have a dear friend to help me through this, and his name happens to be Earl Clampett. I call him Earl Clampett. Other people can call him the Reverend Earl Clampett. He's with the Simple Truth Ministries. He's uh, an author of a number of books, one in particular that we're going to be referring to right now in the show is The Blueprint, and also a, a, a book entitled God's Got a Problem on His Hands, and look in the mirror and you'll find out what that problem is. Earl Clampett, how you doing? Good evening, Kaz. It's an honor and privilege to be here tonight. Exactly. My pl- pr- privilege and honor as well. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand the baton early and often to you because you are the co-host of this hour component and I'm going to have you uh, minister what's on your heart. So what's on your heart, Earl Clampett, and let's go from there. I, I know it's going to dovetail with what people heard in the first hour as well. Earl Clampett. Well, interestingly enough, um, this is the, the month of Av, which means the month of Father God and the Hebraic calendar. And I don't think it's any coincidence that we are talking about the fact that we are entering what they can commonly call the church age and transitioning Into, over to yeah. the kingdom age. And in order to do that, the emphasis has to change. And the emphasis on the element of the Godhead, who's really 
in, in many ways in Western Christianity has not been emphasized. And this is the era of Father God. Yes. Um, I, I often say that uh, oftentimes our description of what the gospel is all about, we picture a, a circular um, high school tr- uh, track that goes around um, the field, a mile-long mile, mile long run. And we Christians, unfortunately, have been taught with our Greek and Roman Western background that um, the goal is only one-third away around the track, which is uh, a knowledge of Jesus Christ, and, that, and we're erroneously taught that the reason that he came was so that when we die, we get to go to heaven. That, that's not why he came. He came so that we get reacquainted with our Father. Yes, yes. And, and then we Pentecostals, who have continued around the track to about the two-thirds uh, mark. <laughs> I um, love we, what you're doing here. I love it. <laughs> we, we, uh, we say, gee, we've got Rock HaKodesh. We've got the Holy Spirit. And, boy, that is the be-all and end-all. Uh-huh. We have arrived. And I think uh, we've, we've missed it because whether you stop at the one-third mark or two-thirds mark, Kaz, um, both Jesus, Yeshua, and I believe the Holy Spirit would be pointing in the direction of the yellow tape which at the end of the race. Yeah, finish which, the race. <laughs> yes, and uh, on that yellow tape is printed Father mm-hmm. God. And so they would say, why are you stopping short on the track? Keep going. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, as it says in John fourteen six. No one, and we think no one gets to heaven but by me. That's what we were taught, whether you were a Catholic or a Protestant, doesn't matter. But that's not what the Scripture says at all. It says no one gets to the Father Ooh, but through me. I see. Big difference on the goals. By, Big, by your analogy, no one gets to the last third of the track without Jesus and Holy Spirit. That's exactly right. And that's the reason that they're pointing in the direction. So, <laughs> so when we get wooed to Jesus, it's initially the Holy Spirit. That's a wooing sort of romantic come to, come to the Son. But, but the Son is saying, look, everything I say— Everything that you see me doing, I am going to tell you who's really saying it and who's really doing it. He always gives credit to Father God. Yes. And so we need to start realizing that if we don't know what the goal is, we don't know what our roles are. That's right. And so, so and we think we finished the race when we haven't. Exactly. Please. Well, yeah, we we barely started in many cases. So um, I think. The era of uh, the month of Av, of being Father God, is he's bringing us back to the beginning, and he's going to emphasize that he is a blueprint maker. Yes. He's the guy who said, I am the creator father. I created man from the dust of the earth. I breathed into it, and man is to be made in my likeness, which is the yes. vertical part of him Ooh, downloading into us, mm-hmm. so that... And also the image of God so that when the vertical is finished, we can turn to the horizontal and reflect, just like the moon reflects the light of the Ooh. sun. We reflect the image, or rather the presence of the Godhead in us to the world horizontally. So here's, here's what's interesting. Kaz, look how much authority man was given in the very beginning, whether you look at chapter 1 and chapter sure. 2 of mm-hmm. Genesis. Sure. He's dumping this huge amount of dump truck size authority on man yes. to be the ones to steward and have dominion and govern the earth. Here's what's critical. He didn't give that authority to renegade 
fallen rebellious angels. Oh, come on. And what the renegade rebellious fallen angels, they were not happy with that initial plan to give man that type of authority to rule this earth. And so here's the question. Did he ever change his mind? And so here's his blueprint. He wants to expand his kingdom, uh, obviously through uh, the fruitfulness of male and female. And he wants to bring his civilization and his order to earth, which is a heavenly government. And he wants it manifested through his human children on earth. Earth is made for us. Earth is our inheritance. And in many um, situations, really, earth is the ultimate prize. Yes. If it weren't, why would Satan make a big deal about taking Jesus in the second temptation of Christ in Luke chapter 4 up to the mountain? Mm -hmm. Now, what does he show? Here are these two leaders of two giant kingdoms. You've got Yeshua, Jesus, okay, head of the Father's kingdom, and then you've got the fallen angel Hasatan, Satan, which is by definition the adversary. That's what Hasatan means, the adversary. And he's trying to tempt Jesus, but does, what does he show him? Does he show him heaven? Is that the big prize? Mm. Or those the stakes? No. What does he show him? He shows him the, the earth, earth and, the kingdoms of the earth. and all the people, Ooh, all the nations within it. So it's interesting. They understand the stakes at what's really at competition here. So we have the clash of these two titans of these two spiritual kingdoms, And it depends on how we, the humans, respond to it because this is what's interesting. We're not to be observers. We're to be participants because the authority to to, um, govern and rule and steward was not given to angels. It was given to man. So for fallen angels to be able to have any uh, uh, function, uh, uh, they have to occupy and influence those who receive the authority. Oh, that's so good. Tr- and they have to steal away our authority so that they can now manifest in the earth. And until they steal it away, they have no authority. And so the only way that they can do that is to, through deceit and through larceny and through fraud, infect our thought process to say we are something other than what, what God, God had in his original blueprint. Oh, my. I, I love that, Earl. And we're we're going to carry this further. One thing that you said, it just all automatically opened my eyes when you said it. You said the angels are not given for, uh, they're rebellious and fallen, and they're not given for the ruling and the reigning on this earth. But here's the deal. Neither are those of God's kids who had God's kids who have become renegades, rebellious, and fallen. So the whole God's whole plan is to take those who have been renegades, those who have been rebellious and fallen. Everybody can raise their hand until they receive Jesus, right. and then it, the, then the, d- d- that th- those negative things diminish and godliness increases. But what God is trying to do is bring everybody to Him and take away our renegade nature and take away our rebellious nature and our fallen nature. And we're going to talk about that in the next segments and what this sounds like and looks like. And I'm so honored to have my good friend Earl Clampett to help us walk through this. So my listening friend, guess what? Earl Clampett of Simple Truth Ministries and I will be right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show with Cass Taylor. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Hello, my friends. Back with Earl Clampett, Simple Truth Ministries, and we have opened a a, a large box of treasure, and we're sifting through the treasure chest right now. Earl, we're talking about the intimacy with God the Father in this month of Av and beyond. Where would you like to take this? Well, I, I want to pick up um, a little bit first about the authority being given to mankind to run this place, yes. right? Well, let's face it. The issue of who we are and why are we here, we're in the middle of this power struggle between two spiritual kingdoms as to who is going to run the earth. And right? who's going to run you. And who's going to run us, yeah. yeah. But but here's here's a bridge that we all have to cross. If we have been given so much authority in Genesis 1 and 2 to steward and to have dominion over this place and basically bring God's heavenly civilization to down here to address chaos and disorder and frenzy, um, in order to go over to the actual power that God wants to give us, we have to cross a bridge between the authority being given in Genesis 1 and 2 over to how it actually plays out in the expansion of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. You can't get from authority to power without crossing a bridge in between there, Uh those two. And that bridge, and this is where our training and our going back to the school of God, University of God, (laughs) it's called obedience. Oh, my. And we can find it in the Lord's Prayer. And so um, everything that's emphasized in the Lord's Prayer is says, thy kingdom come. Well, kingdom is a government, mm-hmm. okay? It's not necessarily a place, and it means the king's domain. Well, the king's domain is going to be empowered to come only if his children who have inherited this kingdom, that's part and parcel of our being part of his family. Yeah, raise your hand. That's you. Yeah. Um, we have to cross that bridge from being a given authority over to power by by doing the bridge of obedience. We, If we don't understand that, okay, we'll have f- false power, and it will be absolutely the a imitation but not the real power of God. And so we really need to understand that this whole um, governmental implementation of kingdom of God found in that Lord's Prayer is based on our learning— how to cross from authority over to power by crossing the bridge of obedience. So mm. now, why are fathers so important? Why are we talking about this uh, emphasis of the, of the month of Av? Fathers, as contrasted with other parts of the Godhead, um, and if we can find all what I'm going to say in the Lord's Prayer, and I challenge people to say, look for this. Fathers provide us protection, number one. Good. Fathers provide us provision, number two. And probably the third most important element that fathers provide us is our identity. And so the identity is the key to addressing the divisions that we have in the world today. And, um, for example, identity is something that answers the two most important questions. Who am I and what am I doing here? (laughs) Okay. Once you know, Kaz, that you have a father that loves you so much 
that he will send his only begotten son to die as to act as a bridge of blood so that you can have a reconciliation of your separated uh, relationship that ended in Genesis chapter 3 when we bought into the uh, whole rebellion uh, through fraud and deceit, unfortunately. That separated us from God. And separated from God, we basically are dead men walking, okay? Uh-huh. We may have a heartbeat, you may have some EEG waves in your brain, but from God's perspective, as long as we are physically separated, we're not alive. Mm. And that's John seventeen three. What is eternal life? Eternal life is defined as knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. Now, we don't mean knowing in their mind, but no. rather relationally knowing from the heart. Come exactly. On. Yeah, and so, so here's, here's what's important. The identity factor is something that we all crave. Do we belong to something that's bigger than us? Yes. And, and once the identity can be uh, located in the Lord's Prayer, Father God is saying, you're part of my family. I am your Av. I am your Abba. I am your Father. And I will take it upon myself to provide for you, my child, protect you, my child, and to give you the meaning of life, both mm. in this life and the next, yes. okay, as to who you are in me. So in a family context, if we all have the same divine creator father, what's that make us to every other person? Whence we have a mutual father, they are our what? Well, you're, you're, we're, we're the siblings. We're, yeah, exactly. They're brothers and, and sisters, sisters etc. Yes. All right. So here's Jesus, and he's teaching you on earth, you say, how, do we, how should we pray? He only teaches this one singular prayer. Mm-hmm. And he says, Kaz, pray this way. And then he says the two coolest words in the Bible that I think. Come on, Errol. Our Father. Mm-hmm. When he says the word our, and he's looking at you, Kaz, and you're here on earth, what is Jesus to you in that moment in a family context, in a family sense, when he says, Kaz, our Father? What is Jesus to you? Well, he- I guess in, in the a family con- context. Where you're going for this is our big brother. Bingo. Yes. He's your big, bro- uh, big brother. Now, in families, big brothers have different roles other than fathers. Yes. Okay? Big brother in this case is that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant to bring us to the Father. He's the bridge to the Father. And everything he said and did, he's always giving credit Absolutely. to the Father, whether it's a miracle, whether it's a healing, uh, whether it's a teaching. Okay? So... The important thing is there's also the, the role of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Well, the Holy Spirit is what? It's the comforter. He's the nurturer, okay? And he is also the convictor, John 16. Right. the leader into all truth. Yes. He I says, love it. His purpose, Jesus says this in John 16, is to convict the world of sin, yes. righteousness, and judgment. All right, that's the main thing. That's the main role. Of course, he's the giver of the gifts. Of course, you know, we, we always get excited about the miraculous. But his main job, his primary job, is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, yes, yes. and judgment. Well, this is where the obedience thing that comes in between authority and power that we talked earlier. Now, uh, Jesus says, this is how you pray. Here's yeah. the protocol. And what we're saying is, Father, we're so messed up down here. We need your government, which is called kingdom, to tra- be transported from the third heaven down to this earthly environment. And the way we know that that is being accomplished is with the next words. Your, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. You see how it always comes back to obedience? 
The Father says, look, I have the best of all things in mind for you. I have an inheritance of of knowing me, which is internal life. I have an inheritance of giving you the earth that I planned from the first two chapters of Genesis. But I can't do it if you're not praying slowly and listening to the words of my singular prayer that I taught through my son, the Lord's Prayer. So. It's amazing. Okay. So I, I do want to ask this question. With this revival that people are looking forward to, there's a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit, right? I want to challenge some people and just say, go to God on this. But is there any biblical authority for praying directly to the Holy Spirit? Now, we have, this, we have the Lord's Prayer, and we're supposed to ask Father God for provision, protection, and identity. We always ask things in Jesus' name. That's, what sure. Jesus, that's what, the way Jesus said, ask these things of the Father in my name, Okay. And Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. The Father also sends the Holy Spirit. But is there any biblical authority for praying directly to the Holy Spirit himself, to the Holy Spirit, right. not through, right. to the Holy Spirit? And if not, then we, I think we need to go and explore the protocol of praying in the Lord's Prayer. It was the only prayer that Jesus ever taught us, and the emphasis is the third element of the Godhead, which or whom we lost in the garden. It's a reconciliation. It's a restoration process. It is a aliyah, come home to father. It's a Luke chapter 15, prodigal son. And the whole drama of this scripture is a coming together of a, of a yearning father for his errant children to return back to him, whether it's the Jews coming back to their land yes. through the covenants, or whether it's our personal life saying, we have been separated. I've known my big brother. I know my nurture as a, as a long-term Christian, but what about my father? Come on. And so the, here's what's interesting. We're talking about one new man and Messiah. You've got Messianic Jews who are getting together with Native Americans here in the, in the United States. And what do they talk about? What do those two groups have? The common denominator. Which is they know the Father God. Because even the Native Americans, before they got the gospel, they always prayed to the great Father Spirit, the great Father Creator. Well, the Jews never lost their original concept of the importance of Father God. And so now we have Yeshua saying, I am going to bring together in one new man, Jew and Gentile, all of the races, all of the ethnicities, but the focus is we are coming back to the Father through Jesus by the Holy Spirit, and that involves all wow. three elements of the Godhead. Wow. Earl, Earl Clampett and Simple Truth Ministries, what a revelation. And one of the things that I've been, I got a phrase, a phrase when you started teaching about this, and that was holy hierarchy. So one of the things that we need to be aware of, a lot of times we Christians, we, we can deal with Holy Spirit. You know, let me talk about Jesus. We all deal with receiving Jesus as Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit through the Holy Spirit, the power that God wants to give us. But there's a holy hierarchy, and those two components are to lead us to the intimacy of the Father. We're going to talk about that in the, in the next segment, if that's okay. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any 20-second any thoughts to lead us into the commercial break, Earl Clampett? Well, we're going to talk about also uh, what type of revival and great awakening is mm. going to be required. What are the elements of that? And I think we need to really, God's saying, change your focus, change your shift. This is the month of... Uh, it, it, this is 
not just to last a month. I want you to change the goal. The goal is returning to our Father as his children. Well, my listening friend, here's the deal. We've been doing church. Many of us have been doing church for a long time. Some of you have not been doing it as long. But God wants to make a major shift into a completely another gear. And this other gear is meant to be a higher gear, which will take you to the the location faster. But you have to go through the earlier gears. We're talking about a holy hierarchy of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, or shall I say Holy Spirit, Son, and Father is going that direction. Right. Earl Clampin and I are going to talk more about this. This is revolutionary, and this is the stuff you need to hear now because God wants us to shift these gears in the midst of this tributary time, in the midst of these challenges, because the only answer is going into every gear and ascending to where God wants us to be. Earl Clampus. Earl Clampus, Earl Clampett and I. Sorry, Earl. We are going to be. Oh, my. That's the Latin form. <laughs> we'll be right back. You're listening to Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it at 866-577-2473. You're just moments away from more Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Come Together San Diego on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back, my friends. Uh, I guess you can say we're going through a very engaging conversation with a man who loves God's people. He loves you in America, but he also has some Hebrew roots in, in many ways, too. He loves digging into the original Hebrew and things like that. His name is Earl Clampett or Reverend Earl Clampett, Simple Truth Ministries, and we're digging deeply We've talked a little bit about, you know, the intimacy between Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father. And I, I think you want to carry it a little little different direction here. I'm going to hand it over to you, Earl, and jump on in however you want to take this. Okay, well, you know, Kaz, we, when we go into Hebrew roots, we, we, we all of a sudden discover as Gentiles, gee, this covenant, um, series of covenants that were made by God with his Jewish people— we are the ultimate beneficiaries down the line as yes. Goyim, as Gentiles, members of the nation. And so those covenants um, are not promises per se. Those are contracts, and they're, and they're legally enforceable. And God, when he makes a covenant, is going to stick by it. Well, wh- the reason I wanted to even bring that up is because it, it goes from, the, from uh, discovering our Jewish roots and the importance of, of the covenants that were made in the Tanakh in the, in the Old Testament, but it... But if you look at the heritage of America, where we are in this in this crazy world that we live in, there were other covenants, and I'm not talking Constitution or, or Declaration of Independence or the American Revolution mm-hmm. in 1776. I am talking what happened for the 150 years before, before all of that. And what was going on there was you were seeing uh, basically refugees from Europe uh, persecuted people who loved God and all he wanted to do was worship God in their own way. And it didn't matter whether they were the Baptists or the Puritans or the Calvinists or the Huguenots. All of these pe- disaffected people were coming over to the New World, and many of them compared the settlement of the New World as they brought the good news gospel to the to the covenant experience of what was going on between right. God and, and, Israel. and Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so they were dedicating this land of the United States 
to God in a, in a covenant context as between what God has promised to Israel. We're, they're saying, look, we're the new Israel because we're the disaffected Europeans who are coming over and we just want to worship God. But we know we're going to dedicate uh, through a co- contracts and covenants how we're going to have this country develop. Yes. All right. Now, that is the American heritage. And I think people say, gosh, is there any hope for us? Because, you know, contemporarily, our education system in the last 50 years, mm-hmm. our court system, it's our legislatures, yes. yes, our executive branches, um, our country basically has lost its fear of God. Mm. And, and our, the three values that are listed on our coinage, pretty much people just say they no longer apply. The three values are, are liberty, e pluribus unum, and in God we trust. And the bottom line is, God is saying, do you trust the same competition God, which Israel had to struggle with, which was mammon? Okay? Do, do, we, do we trust our great economy to get us out, the, out of this oh, COVID thing? Or, um, you know, I don't know if you remember 9-11, for about two weeks, the whole country was repenting, and, and they were going in into church. churches, absolutely. Right. Well, guess what? We suddenly launched our mighty military to to take care of the problem, and then we said we'll rebuild our economy, and we rebuilt the twin towers. Okay, hmm. using a, a verse out of his, um, out of Isaiah, which basically says we're blowing off God. We don't need you. We'll just do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it, it it revealed power of Babel kind of stuff. Well, exactly, <laughs> and it was arrogant and it yes. was prideful. And see, here we are again, but this time, um, God may be sending us a message to say you know what, you have forgotten your original heritage, you've walked away from it for the, from me from the last 60 years, and I don't know how else to get your attention. Why? I, it, you know, so whether you say this is a, um, a, a judgment or whether this is a chastening, either way, maybe a combination of the two things, but what he's trying to do is get our attention as kind of turned off, uh, distracted children who've been fed a lot of untruth about our origins. Mm. So, now, let's talk about what's the next step. Are we going to have a third great, a great awakening, especially in the midst of everything that's going on? Is, in is the there United gonna, States you're talking about. Correct. Yes. Is there going to be a revival? Okay. And so here's the question. Where in the world, uh, in these days of challenge and conflict, is the church? Where are they? Boy, that's a good question. Well, they're online, or they're not, <laughs> they're not meeting, okay? And basically, the church is silent, and they're MIA. They're missing in action. And see, here's the problem. When we are silent on the, on the rot of, that's happening inside our culture at so many levels, what's going on in our schools, what's going on in our, in our government, and, but, and families. And families. Sure. Okay, and I don't know if you noticed, but I think it was the middle of the week, they're uh, New York had a huge lightning storm, mm. and three things got hit. The uh, Statue of Liberty by lightning. Mm-hmm. The second thing that got hit was the World Trade Center. Oh, okay, That was a purple um, lightning bolt. And the third one, a church burned down over in Queens. Now, I thought, okay, Lord, so what are you saying? We, and, the, and so the, the Statue of Liberty strike by lightning was uh, the reference to government. The the tr- uh, uh, trade, the World Trade Center was our economy, depending yeah, on mammon. Economy, to, to, yes. yeah, our, you know, our economy will save us, supposedly. And then a, a message to the church. Oh, my. And I'm saying, wow, you hit all three with one big lightning storm. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was Wednesday night, but those pictures, you can see them. <laughs> oh, my. And that will wake anybody up. So I guess what we're saying, Kaz, is look, 
if there's going to be any sort of revival, it has to be a different revival that is not praying to the Holy Spirit and saying, oh, come Holy Spirit. No, what we're saying is, Father, we want to do 2 Chronicles 7.14 because two little words are very big words, and it says, if my people will humble themselves. If. And in other words, and if they repent, or, yeah, turn from their ways. Turn from their wicked ways, because because look, we have dropped the ball. Now, and and the, especially the church, the church has this big giant issue called P R I D E. We, we are arrogant, <laughs> and we figured we got we got God all figured out, etc. We don't understand the kingdom goals. We don't understand our roles within the kingdom, and basically, what we're talking about is the church keeps saying it wants to go back has to normal okay well compare how when the jews left egypt okay they were being taken away with all of the of the booty of the egyptians and basically they're leaving it says the divisions and the armies left with them well that divisions and army wasn't talking to about the jews Jews, they were the ex-slaves they were liberated right with them yeah but was the angelic host that was protected Mm. them in goshen while that though those plagues were going on right well, here's, here's the issue. Johnny Enlow brought this out. He says, you want to go back to normal? Who's normal? God's ooh, normal ooh, or, or your, your old normal? Yeah, your old normal. Yeah. So if you turn around, Mr. Mr. Christian, as is you know, leave, showing the prototype of the Jews, if you go back to Egypt, to that culture, to that, that political system, through that corruption uh, system of idolatry, you go back to that, those divisions and armies of angels that left with the first group, they're not, they're not going to accompany you. You're on your own. That's heavy. That's heavy. Earl Clampett, my goodness. We've got one more segment to go here. My listening friend, I hope this is stirring your heart. You know, we're looking at the challenges of COVID and uh, people rioting and, and governmental uh, individuals making rules that are not godly or scriptural. What do we do? Where do we go from here? Is it possible that God wants to stir this and stir us to rethinking to return to the, the 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 roots, but not the roots of humanity that we've been comfortable with, but the roots of the Godhead. Please, He wants us to do that, and He's provided what we call, and Earl loves to use the phrase, a blueprint to do that. So, in the last segment, we're going to talk more about this. But I want to tell, warn you about the character of Earl Clampett. He, you can tell by the way he frames things. He is not only a retired lawyer, but he is, I, I, I say retired judge, but he's not honestly retired. He's applying his judgeship mentality. He is a, a judge in San Diego County, but he is now applying that judgeship to an eternal value. And so we're going to glean from his wisdom as a natural judge, but also as, as parts of some spiritual influence that he has from this judge mentality and intellect. Get ready, because we've got one more segment, and we're going to go right between the eyes and right into the heart when Earl Clampett and I come right back. More. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next. FM 106.1 and AM 1210. K-Praise. Now more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And can you believe it, my friends, the last segment of this two-hour broadcast for Come Together San Diego, remarkable. We've been talking about of the month of all, but also the father that not only oversees this month, but the entire calendar of Jewish plans. Earl Clampett, uh, why don't you do us kind of a, an overview on things, and then let's really bring it to the fore. Earl Clampett. Okay. Uh, Kaz, I guess we've arrived at the big question, which is, okay, 
all of if all of this is accurate, what we've talked about today, uh, what now? Yes. What's the next step? I mean, Father God, what would you have us, your children, do, and to be effective in these in these challenging times? So, um, here's the goal: we're, we're to learn and master the dynamics like never before, mm-hmm. much deeper of spiritual warfare. This warfare is going to have new rules and new focus. And I'm talking to Pentecostals now who think, oh, they know all about this. No, actually, let me tell you what's going to get activated. We, we are going to target spiritual roots that are pushing the buttons of human vessels. It, oftentimes when somebody is, is shouting at us or demonizing us or calling us names or becoming violent or whatever, in that moment we have to remember that vessel, that, that human vessel that's talking to us, is a child of God. Mm-hmm. That may not sound like it at that moment, <laughs> and not feel like it at that moment, but but I, I I was surfing the other day for the first time in a year and a half. I think God did a sovereign healing of my I, my shoulder. He took me up to this high cliff above the parking area, and you could look down at all the all the people surfing down there. And from that standpoint, Cass, I could see a higher um, play, uh, play out of this whole scenario of the ocean, and I could see swells coming in. I could see how many waves were in each set, uh, and and the surfers can't see this down at their level. But when you go high up, you can see all kinds of perspectives yes. and horizons uh, that we we can't see ordinarily. And here's what I think God wants to do with us. He yes. wants to take us to the foothills to say, "Let me show you the lay of the land." Don't get your nose one inch from the bark of the tree that, that is challenging you. That isn't the target of, of your uh, warfare. Your target of your warfare is spiritual. So here's, here's what we have to do. In, in 1 Corinthians 2.16, we have to know the heart of the Father. What, are the, what is the heartbeat of the Father as far as his desires and his goals in this challenging time? Well, Paul asked that, who could know the mind mm. of Adonai? But right after that, in the next verse, he says, but we have the mind, mind of, of Christ. Christ. Yes. All right. So our challenge is, if we already have it, how do we activate it? Mm. And see, and I think that activation comes with the next verse, and flip over to also in Corinthians, but this is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, where it says we're to take every thought captive under the obedience of Christ for the pulling down of strongholds because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. They're mighty for pulling down arguments against um, uh, any, anything that stands against God, every mm-hmm. high thing. And so what we have to do, I've taught this in the jails, if you have a remote control in your hand, if you've ever pushed the pause button, you know that when you're watching a movie, that freeze frames the movie where it is so you can go to the kitchen and make a sandwich or whatever. <laughs> and so when you start to push that remote control over your thought life, then you can say to God or ask God, I have this image frozen about why I'm embittered or how I feel about a certain person or why I haven't forgiven someone or, or this thought of fear that I have. And the minute you have that frozen, you go to God and you ask him, Father God, did you just give me these thoughts? He will answer your question, Kaz. If he says, my son, my daughter, I would not give you these types of thoughts. They are harmful. You have the authority to bind and break and remove those thoughts from your mind and then activate in its place the truth of the mind of Christ. 
The mind of Christ, when we activate it, ushers us in. It's almost like a, I don't want to say channel because then that gets new agey and yeah. that type of thing, but it's almost like a conduit there you go. or a, a funnel that issues you into or ushers you into the presence of Father God. I've actually tried this as an experiment. And I said, what does this look like, God? And, and so once we start to actually activate the mind of Christ, all of a sudden we're in the courts of heaven. We are in the courts in the presence of the Father because isn't that what happened when Jesus died? That earthquake tore in half yes. that curtain that separated the, the most holy place from the holy, holy place. Yes. And so that significance of that in the book of Hebrews was we have we should come, access. Yes, boldly, boldly yes, before the throne of grace. So in this season, we need to say, Lord, we need favor. We need access. We need answered prayer. We need, we need you more than any other time because we are hanging on by our, our fingernails. Yes. And so as we practice this new reality, we are going to see Jew in, Ephesians chapter 2. This is the era of coming back to Father God, and he's bringing all his kids back. And this is one new man in Messiah. Yes. Messiah knocks down the wall between Jew and Gentile, between male and female, between black and white, between red and white, between red white, yellow, okay, whatever, all the different colors, and all of the Father's children are on their way back home to our mutual divine Father. That's the glue. That's the magnet that ends the separation because we realize with one Father, we are all same members of the same family. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm, g- I'm going to have you do a summary on this. And before we do, l- let me have you give a website again where people can find out more about not only you, this kind of teaching, but some of the writings and books that you've done. Earl Clampett? Okay, so I'm at simpletruthministries.net. Simpletruthministries.net. Right, and um, you can get both the second book I wrote, which is The Blueprint, whether God's Bible design is a uh, Hebrew circle circle, or whether it's a straight-line Greek linear concept. And the first one, it's uh, does God— has got a problem on his hands, and what is that problem? And so, I guess you can tell by now. You can sense what that problem is. I'm going to give the mantle over to you for a, a minute or two to close this down. But one of the things that you said is God has every design to create kind of a funnel for us to go the right direction. You know what time it is right now in the Hebrew month of Av. This is what the what the Hebrews or the Jews call the dire straits. This is a time frame where God is allowing a funnel where you can't look to the left or the right because you see COVID over here. You see uh, people people violating Scripture over here, governments and people protesting and breaking things. You see all these different things, and God's saying, <laughs> you just got to walk the straight and narrow, and I'm at the end of the path. Uh, Close this out. We've got about two minutes to go, and then I'm going to have to uh, shut down the show, Earl Clampett. Okay, so... I think that this whole Bible story is a Bible about a family, mm-hmm. and um, God has a—it's a circular story. And that means it, it repeats itself over and over yeah, again. Yeah, cyclical and circular, right. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. It's, it's, just think of the prodigal son parable, because it's all about a disaffected, dysfunctional family that gets back together. And that's us. That's us, right. And, and, but this is a, is a circular plan. It's, the journey is actual circular, because it's coming back home to our Father— and the ending also is circular. And so God's saying, everything I'm doing with Aliyah, with the Jews now, both as a nation and oh, individuals, yes. I'm doing the same with the Gentiles. Say that again. That's Our, a very important to know. E- everything you see going on with the country, the nation of Israel, on a nation basis, plus 
with the Jews as individuals, it's all return, aliyah, back to their inheritance of land and their relationship with Father And that's God. what he's doing in the church with as us. well with us. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, oh. It's this one and the same, Kaz. It's one and the same. There's no difference. My, my. It, it's deep, but it's simple. And that's why Simple Truth Ministries. Yes, yes, yes. And so if you were to give one quick word before our time ends, what is your admonition or direction for our listening friends? My friends, the opportunity is right before you. We have to take it. Earl? I think what you do is you enter into God's presence, the Father's presence, through activating the mind of Christ. Watch what happens. You will come into the courts of heaven, and you will have your mind blown. You will. And it's not only, you know, some people go, okay, Holy Spirit's got this, or Jesus has this. Yes, they do, but they're going to point you in the direction of the Father, and that's where we want to end up. This is coming out of the church age into the kingdom age. This is the time frame where we have to be activated to the will, desire, and heart cry of the Father through Holy Spirit, through the Son unto the Father. My listening friend, it's what a joy to have Earl Clamp. But he, he, Simple Truth Ministries, he, brought, he boiled a complex issue down to a very simple way for us to comprehend it. Earl, thank you for joining us. My listening friend, as you... <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> oh, yes. My listening friend, as you know, Come Together San Diego, our whole purpose is for unity in the body of Christ. But unity cannot happen unless we're having a desire to be unified with the creator of the universe. That has to come first, and the horizontal unity happens as well. So more next week on these kind of things. When I come back, and Earl, once again, thank you. And my friends, thank you for praying for and joining us on Come Together San Diego. God bless you, Earl. God bless you, my listening friends.